Blog Talk Radio. Friday, everybody. Welcome to the Michael Cutler Hour. I am your host, Michael Cutler. It is uh, December the 6th, 2019, the year drawing to a close. Uh, We're in that magical time of the year between Thanksgiving and Christmas and Hanukkah where we get to celebrate uh, joyous occasions. And boy, oh boy, do we need some uh, reasons to feel joyous about things going on in the world. The world seems to be uh, going bananas. I I sometimes think that Rod Serling must be writing the script. Those of you not old enough to remember Rod Serling, he was the creator and key writer for The Twilight Zone. Uh, Certainly, we live in a parallel universe. I'm sorry I wasn't able to join you last week, but frankly, I had more important things to do, namely uh, spend the weekend uh, with my wife, our children, our grandchildren, uh, our daughters-in-law, and my uh, and my daughter and uh, her her boyfriend, and so getting together with the people that we love, the people who are important in our lives, uh, is the most important thing that we can do. And frankly, everything that we do is to protect the future of the children in our lives, whether it's our own kids, our grandchildren, nieces, nephews, uh, the kids of our friends. It's about the world that we will bequeath. To those who follow in our footsteps and we are living in a very perilous era and there are so many people who are putting greed above all else whether it's greed for power greed for wealth <clears throat> and they don't understand what true wealth is uh, when I could sit down at the dinner table with all of those wonderful people that I just described uh, I truly feel as though I am the wealthiest man in the world And I may have mentioned it before in my program. There's a movie that I recommend that you go see, Wall Street, uh, Money Never Sleeps, the sequel to Wall Street with Michael Douglas. And the the character, Gordon Gekko, that he plays comes to the conclusion, and it's the right conclusion, that the most valuable commodity is time. Time. Time to be with our loved ones. Time to enjoy life. Um... And we want to make sure that we live long lives and prosperous, not from the perspective necessarily of physical wealth, but a life filled with joy, with doing what's right for each other, what's doing what's uh, and doing what's right for our kids to ensure their their security. That's what this program is dedicated to. I've been doing this ever since 9/11, ever since the ashes from the conflagration at ground zero landed on my home and in part contained the remains of my neighbors and so many innocent victims and this week even as the ridiculous impeachment uh, hearings go forward i was awakened here in new york to the news that two more firefighters had perished this past week because of 9-11 related health uh, issues you know we keep hearing this this number 3,000 people killed on 9-11. Well, that's true, and that's roughly the same number of people who died on December 7th, 1941, and tomorrow we uh, recognize the anniversary of that terrible day in American history when America was attacked. But it took the Japanese fleet to kill 3,000 people at Pearl Harbor. It only took 19 hijackers to kill 3,000 people on 9-11. But that number, 3,000, has climbed drastically in the 18 years, hard to believe, 18 years since those attacks. In fact, ABC News reported about a month or so ago that now 10 times as many police officers have died of 9-11-related health concerns as were actually killed on uh, 9-11. So the death count continues to climb. The level of suffering continues. I believe the latest number is that $5 billion, with a B, $5 billion has been spent on the health care of people who were sickened when the toxins were released, when the World Trade Center and the Pentagon collapsed, were attacked, the fire at the Pentagon and so forth. But most of the health injuries 
appear to be related to the collapse of the towers here in lower Manhattan. I'm a New Yorker. It wasn't just my country that was attacked. It was my hometown that was attacked. It was my neighbors who died. And we seem to have forgotten it. And we're, we're looking at news article after news article that makes it abundantly clear that uh, the all clear has not sounded in this war on terror, so-called. There was a terrorist attack on a London bridge December 2nd, resulting in the deaths of two people, the wounding, I believe, of three others. And remarkably, the individual responsible for carrying out the attack was a convicted terrorist who was in jail for trying to get to Syria to fight on the side of ISIS, did not report it as required by British law. He was arrested, tried, found guilty, and they released him early to put him into a program run by a, law, uh, by a criminology institute. We learned together, I believe, is the, um, the title of, of the program that he was a part of. You know, we're going to sing around, we sit around and sing Kumbaya. And ironically, the two people who were killed were attending that conference with supposed former terrorists. Uh, we got to be careful about that word former. And yes, I do know that some have converted, some have uh, been of immense help to, to uh, law enforcement to protect us from terrorists. But we have got to be super careful that some of these folks aren't just playing us for damn idiots. The um, so-called progressive, I call it regressive, you know, called is, has been get people out of jail, no more bail, no more jails, we'll put people on the street, what could possibly go wrong? How in the world we are more concerned about the perpetrators of violent crimes than we are with the victims of violent crimes blows my mind. Look, the criminal justice system is failing. There's no two ways about it. They optimistically call detention centers correctional facilities it's almost laughable if it wasn't so tra it's tragic what the hell are they correcting the recidivism rate is through the roof and part of the problem broken families drugs uh, illiteracy no job opportunities it's a toxic stew that permeates uh, our country particularly among the minority communities and particularly in the poor communities no jobs access to drugs, broken families, bad education. What future are we building for those kids that are born into that nightmare? And I can tell you as a federal agent, I did quite a bit of work making arrests, conducting investigations and so forth in neighborhoods that I, tr I promise you, you would not want to drive through. And we were on the ground in the buildings, making arrests, talking to the residents of apartments, watching rats run through the hallways that were bigger than cats, the stench of poverty, all that went on, you can't begin to imagine it. And when children grow up in that environment with a sense of hopelessness, what good do you expect is going to come of that? We're so concerned about poor people living around the world, why don't we care about poor people living in the United States? I, I look at these movie stars, so-called, you know, people who dress up and play pretend they're people they could never be in real life, heroes, for example, some of them, not all. I don't want to be, you know, broad and tar everybody with the same brush. But my goodness, we hear about toxic masculinity. Oh, terrible. Men are masculine and they might be aggressive. And then you go to the movies and you watch Fast and Furious and don't even get me going on the actual Fast and Furious, the gun investigation under the Obama administration that sent tons of guns over into Mexico. Um, and among the victims was Brian Terry, a Border Patrol agent who also served in the U.S. military, gunned down with a gun that is believed to have been shipped to Mexico under the aegis of Fast and Furious. But look at the movies. Cars flying down the street, people machine-gunning each other, cars flying into buildings, people blowing each other up. The same Hollywood that jumps up and down and says, oh, we've got to stop masculine, uh, toxic masculinity. If the concern is violence, why are you glamorizing violence? The hypocrisy blows my mind. All the anti-gun actors who use guns with great abandon and great violence in the movies encouraging more violence and more use of firearms and more wanton killing, resolving issues, not by conversation, but by a shootout. But the hypocrisy goes on. Chuck Schumer says we've got to have a federal law that makes trespass on critical infrastructure and national landmarks 
the five-year federal crime to discourage that dangerous activity of trespassing. But the same Chuck Schumer says, however, when foreign nationals who have no inherent right to come to the United States trespass on America by evading the inspections process and ports of entry, then by gosh, we should give them citizenship. It's only fair and reasonable because we're a nation of immigrants. Hey, Chuck, we're a nation of immigrants, not a nation of trespassers. America's immigration policies are the most generous in the world. We admit more than a million lawful immigrants every year. Lawful immigrants, people with green cards, people immediately placed on the pathway to United States citizenship. We naturalize hundreds of thousands of new citizens every year, more than the rest of the world combined. But that's not enough for Chuck and his playmates. What this really is is insulting to lawful immigrants to not be willing to make a clear distinction between people who come legally and come with the desire to be part of this great American tapestry of diversity that is America versus illegal aliens who come here in violation of law. And let's face it, many people who come here illegally are desperate. And let's never, ever forget that desperate people will resort to desperate tactics. Many women are forced into prostitution, not because they, they necessarily want to have sex, but they need to be able to feed themselves and their children. It's a hellish condition. People come to America to be basically abused. They know they're going to be abused because they speak to the people who get here ahead of them. They're treated worse than livestock. When I testified at a hearing in Indianapolis several years ago in support of a piece of legislation that mirrored the Arizona law, SB 1070, I believe it was SB 590, but I could be wrong, but I think that was the number. It was so many years ago. An illegal alien was permitted to speak at the hearing. One of the women who attended the hearing was furious that I came to speak at the hearing from New York but didn't have a problem with an illegal alien speaking. Absolutely remarkable. But what was interesting was, and and the news crews immediately put their cameras down. They didn't want to catch this on film. But that illegal alien who spoke at that hearing ran up to me with his friends, and I'm thinking, my gosh, this guy looking for a physical confrontation. Because it was clear to everybody that I was a former INS agent. And instead, he actually hugged me and thanked me for describing the hellish conditions under which he and his friends from Latin America lived in the United States. He said, you know, Mr. Cutler, he said this in broken English, but clear enough to be understood. But the reporters didn't want to hear this. He said, Mr. Cutler, you're the first American to talk about the conditions that we live under. He said, if you treated an animal the way we're treated, you'd go to jail. But when you do this to people who come here illegally because they know we're vulnerable, nobody gives a damn. And he cried, and I cried with him. And I was surrounded by perhaps a half dozen television news crews. And their cameras went dark. They put their cameras down and stared at the walls. Don't put that on the evening news, God forbid. That's censorship. They made a decision that their audience didn't need to hear that very important exchange, that very important conversation from an illegal alien hugging a former immigration law enforcement officer. Think about that image. Well, it wasn't the image that the mainstream media wanted to see on the evening news that night, quite obviously. And that's where we are today. With all the craziness going on and the accusations that if you want secure borders and effective but fair immigration law enforcement that you're somehow anti-immigrant, there's a big fat lie It leads to people being injured in law enforcement, people not cooperating with law enforcement. It leaves us vulnerable to criminals and terrorists. I just wrote an article for Front Page Magazine entitled Sanctuary Cities Continue to Obstruct ICE, Protecting Criminal Aliens While Endangering Innocent Victims. It makes no sense. This is the evolution of the lie that we've been spoon-fed by the mainstream media. Time and time and time again, we kept hearing the same nonsense. Well, the undocumented, quote-unquote, which is baloney, the uninspected if they ran the border, or the people who committed visa fraud if they lied on their applications for visas, or the people who were lawfully admitted and then were guilty of committing felonies and were then rendered removable, deportable, they're not undocumented, folks. This is just a big lie, this Orwellian, not politically correct, but Orwellian use of language to control thoughts through the control of language. The Ministry of Truth. Read 1984. It's there for all to see. The strategy is obvious, but most people don't get it. So we used to be told, well, they come here to do the work Americans won't do. We need them so terribly. We need them so that de- they're, they're good people. And then Mike Bloomberg, who's now running for mayor, and I just wrote a piece about this for Front Page Mag 
com. I hope it's out, the, you know, Sunday, Monday, within the next couple of days. And, and I'm going to tell you, when you read the article, I don't care what your political orientation is. If you're a compassionate, decent human being, to use the Yiddish term, if you're a mensch, a good person, it will leave your head spinning and will leave you in a state of white heat rage because that's my that, that was the impact it had on me. Because Bloomberg makes all these great assertions. He was being interviewed by the Irish press. And, and, and so he makes these statements, and, and, and they were outrageous, to say the least. Um, the, 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 the newspaper, by the way, Irish Central, and the title, Mike Bloomberg Outspoken on the Irish and the Huge Benefits of Immigration. Immigration. The Huge Benefits of Immigration. Are they talking about legal immigration? Are they talking about illegal immigration? Do we make a distinction? If someone knocks on the door, you invite them in. We call them a house guest. If while you're away, someone breaks the back window and climbs into your house, they're also in your house, just like that guest you invited in. But in this case, we call the person a burglar and charge them with breaking and entering. Are they the same? Is a house guest and a burglar the same? Well, to Mike Bloomberg, they are. Mike Bloomberg wanted people arrested if they trespassed on public housing. He said, if you're in public housing, the police need to immediately stop you and ask you who you are and demand to see ID. And if you can't produce it, they need to be arrested. Those were the policies of Mike Bloomberg. He was right. But the same Mike Bloomberg, just like the hypocrite Chuck Schumer, says that when you break into America and you might be a fugitive from justice, you might be a terrorist, you might be here to, to be involved with the drug trade or human trafficking, doesn't matter. You're here illegally. We should immediately embrace you to our bosom, shield you from the possibility of deportation, and give you United States citizenship, even though we have no idea who the hell you are or where you're from. That's the level of hypocrisy, dangerous, fetid hypocrisy that comes out of this guy's mouth. I read somewhere he's one of the 10 wealthiest men in the world, purportedly worth $50 billion. Think of that number, $50 billion. You millionaires out there are paupers compared to him. You have a Rolls-Royce, he has an airliner, Mike Bloomberg. And what was he concerned about in the article? He said, well, if, if we don't allow the undocumented to come work in the golf courses, we'll have to spend so much money cutting the grass that the golf courses might go out of business. Mike Bloomberg, ten, one of the 10 wealthiest in the world, is worried about his greens fees. Better we should hire illegal aliens and displace American workers than pay a living wage to Americans in America. Remarkable, remarkable. Uh, but, but this is the hypocrisy we see constantly. He attacked uh, Lou Dobbs. Lou Dobbs now is on Fox News. He used to be the number, had the number one program at CNN. Uh, when he was at CNN, I was on Lou's program at least once a week, sometimes twice a week, and at least a few times a week, even when I wasn't on the program, Lou's people, his producers, his reporters, would call me up for advice to make sure they were getting the facts straight. Facts. Facts straight, not lies, not rumor, not innuendo, not hunches, not brain spasms, facts. And Bloomberg attacked him and said he did so much damage to America. So the question that I'd like to see every damn fool running for president, easy question, yes or no, yes or no. Did you read the 9-11 Commission report in its entirety? Yes or no. Did you read the 9-11 Commission staff report on terrorist travel in its entirety? And if so, how are your positions on immigration squaring with the findings and recommendations of the 9-11 Commission that first and foremost found that failures of immigration enabled terrorists, and not just on 9-11, to enter the United States, embed themselves, and go about preparations for deadly terrorist attacks? New York was the city that was hammered the worst on 9-11. New York State, the state that took the biggest casualty rate now gives driver's licenses to illegal aliens and if you dare suggest we shouldn't do it you're evil and a hater and a xenophobe and a nativist by the way nativist it's funny that we have the left saying that we should be changing the term thanksgiving day which is a fine day to indigenous people's day why don't they call it native americans day are they afraid that we'll accuse them of actually being the nativists, so-called? Think about that little play on words, nativists. You know what? I am a nativist. I stand guilty. Because if you look up nativists, someone who says that the people who are here 
should get first shot. American citizens should get first shot over people who come here from other countries. Responsible parents take care of their own children first before they give money to take care of the children of other families. Should we give money to charity? If you have the money, by all means, you're obligated morally to do so. I'm a big fan of of charity. Very important. Very, very, very important. When I was at the B'nai B'rith, I was a B'nai B'rith president back in college. We used to call charity tzedakah. It's a Hebrew term for charity. That was what we did the most of, which is why I found it so rewarding. Giving money to St. Jude's Hospital, giving money to all kinds of charitable causes. Absolutely, we're compelled. But a parent who gives money to charity when his or her own children are going to bed hungry at night is crazy and would probably lose custody of their child. One in four American kids has been living below the poverty line. We have a severe problem with poverty. The economy is doing better under the Trump administration, but we still have a long way to go. Make no mistake about it. But what's remarkable about Bloomberg, the man who really understands economics, he understands supply and demand, and he knows that the way to suppress the wages, especially of the marginally poor, the working poor, is to make them compete with third world workers who will accept less money under illegally dangerous conditions. And that's who Mike Bloomberg is. That's the true ugly Mike Bloomberg. It doesn't get uglier than that. Really and truly, it does not. And, and, and let, me, let me read the quote to you, because these are his words, not Mike, uh, Mike Cutler's words. Mike Bloomberg said these things. So let me just read the next excerpt, and then I want to move into this business about the terrorism that's been going on and where we need to be with it. This is, how, this is a quote from the article. On immigration, the hot topic back then, he, meaning Mike Bloomberg, was adamant that hardworking immigrants help. Again, hardworking immigrants. Are we talking about illegal aliens or lawful immigrants? You see, no distinction here, folks. And that's the critical distinction. Now, this is a quote. This is Bloomberg now. Quotation marks in the article. We should open the borders, not close them. And you need to open them in tough times more than you need to open them in good times. And government has to lead. And I don't think most of our leaders are willing to do that. What nobody quite understands about the undocumented, there's that word, folks, and I think that it's a true matter no matter where they come from. All the conventional wisdoms of Lou Dobbs, who has done an enormous amount of damage to this country, there's that statement, the undocumented have very low rates of crime. Why? Because they don't want to go near the government. Let's stop for a moment. I spent the four years as the INS immigration representative to the Unified Intelligence Division of DEA back in 1988. I was there until 1991 when I was promoted to the position of senior special agent and assigned to the Organized Crime Drug Enforcement Task Force. One of the things I did, I took it upon myself because I was the first INS agent, so when you're the first, you get to establish what the job looks like, was to maintain statistics. And it was difficult because we didn't have computers and spreadsheets. I had a handheld calculator, and they, I asked for their arrest records, and it took about a week, and I came to work, and I was overwhelmed because there were boxes and boxes and boxes on my desk, under my desk, on my I couldn't find my desk, boxes. And while I was standing there, two more clerks from the file room were delivering on hand carts more boxes with more arrest reports in it. And every time they gave me more, I had to you know, keep changing the numbers. Well, I, I started to try to put this in perspective. It turned out that back then, 6-0% of the people that were being arrested by the DEA in New York City for drug-related crimes were foreign-born. 6-0% foreign-born illegal aliens. And here's Bloomberg. Oh, they don't commit crime. They don't want to get caught. First of all, we don't even know how many illegal aliens are in the jails because they have this don't ask, don't tell policy. What's to prevent an illegal alien from the Dominican Republic or Guatemala or, or wherever claiming to be from Puerto Rico, and no one's going to challenge them. Well, if you're born in Puerto Rico, you're as American as I am. Puerto Rico is part of the United States. So you have false claims to U.S. citizenship, and the only agents who ever used to receive the training to be able to uh, see through the lies, and it's not foolproof, but you know you get a good indication, are immigration agents. No one else even thinks to ask Gee whiz, is the guy lying about where he or she is from? So we know that criminals, you know, illegal aliens are 10 times more likely, illegal aliens are 10 times more likely to commit a a serious crime than a U.S. citizen. 
Lawful immigrants, on the other hand, folks, and this is why that distinction is so damned important, lawful immigrants are less likely to commit a crime than American citizens. They are, aliens with green cards are among the most law-abiding members of our society. Why? Because they know how hard it was for them to get the green card. They sure as hell don't want to lose it. They are strongly motivated. They couldn't have more skin in the game, so to speak. Lawful immigrants are super law-abiding. And I can tell you from my own experiences in speaking with them and so forth, they are the most resentful of this notion of sanctuary cities because it's the lawful immigrants who are being attacked by the criminal aliens from their home country that they thought they got away from when they came to America. Shock of shock, the same dirtbags that kept them up awake at night in their home country have joined them here, especially in sanctuary cities. Now, Mike Blumberg doesn't have any statistics to back up what he says. He just runs his big, fat mouth. And he expects people are going to believe anything he says, because after all, he's so rich, he must be brilliant. Some idiot woman was interviewed about why she wants to see Bloomberg for president. She said, well, he's an honest man. And the reporter said, do you know him personally? She said, no. Well, how do you know he's honest? Well, if he has all that money, he doesn't need any more money. Yeah, see what Mike Bloomberg is doing to amass more money. The SOB is more concerned about Greens fees than doing right by America's working poor. And God knows how he earned that $50 billion. I'm not saying he did anything wrong, but I don't know too many people who could put that level of cash together in a lifetime or a hundred lifetimes. I'd love someone to scrutinize how Mike Bloomberg got where he is. This is the guy that's so concerned, I create jobs, I'll make more jobs. Of course, he doesn't care who does the jobs. In fact, it's obvious he'd rather illegal aliens do the jobs than Americans because that's the way you suppress the wages. For Mike Bloomberg, there's always more room on his slave ship as oarsman. You want a job as an oarsman? Mike's your guy. Because that's really what he's about. Cheap labor, exploitation, more money. By the way, quite a few years ago, I was on my way to a political rally in upstate New York. I was listening to the radio. I got so angry I had to pull over because I was in a state of rage. He was doing a news conference and telling everybody at the news conference, in the summertime, keep the house warmer, burn less elect- use less electricity, and in the winter, turn down that thermostat and put on a sweater. And then he left the news conference and allowed his underlings, his servants, if you will, to continue this news conference. And one of the reporters asked one of his people, you know, the mayor has an airliner, he owns 19 mansions, he has all these cars. His carbon footprint is, I don't know, I think it was 19 or 20 times that of the average American. How does that square with all this business about be colder in the winter and warmer in the summer? And they said, well, he's entitled. He does good things. Wow, I almost fell out of my car. That's when I had to pull over to the side of the road because I was in such a state of rage. He does good things. Soldiers give up their lives for America. Should they be entitled to have a bigger carbon footprint? Doctors who help children without asking for money do good things. I'm sure much better than what Mike Bloomberg, the wealthy bum, does. Uh, Should they be exempt environmental standards that Mike Bloomberg wants to impose on all of us? He attracted so many people to New York that the streets are so clogged with traffic. And what was Mike Bloomberg's solution? Congestion pricing. He jammed New York City with people who shouldn't be here, driving cars who shouldn't be here. And then he says the solution to all the congestion is we're going to tax New Yorkers for the privilege of driving into congested midtown Manhattan that he made congested. Kind of like going to Tony Soprano for protection, isn't it? This is the man who would be king. But let me just finish what he had to say. If I'm angry, maybe you need to be angry. He goes on and says this, the undocumented pay taxes. Why? Because their company deducts and there's no place to send the refund. Undocumented don't use our schools very much. They tend to be young people coming here who don't go and have families. They tend to send money back home. Now, number one, the money that goes back home is tens of billions of dollars a year. It bleeds our economy. That, those remittances alone, when you look at the multiplier effect, more than pay the, could pay down the national debt every year. Think about that. 
They don't go to school. Really, in New York City, we're spending more and more and more and more money on English as a second language. Do you think that that's because we have kids in the Bronx who were born here who can't speak English? Or perhaps because they came here from other countries? Probably illegally. We don't even know how many are here because New York sanctuary policies do not permit the Board of Education or teachers or anybody to ask children in school their immigration status. But he makes the statement. We don't have to back that up. doesn't matter. He's Mike Bloomberg. He can say whatever he wants. Okay? Taxes. If you're making minimum wage, you're not getting much to get out of your paycheck. In fact, you're probably getting food stamps, housing subsidies. Um, you name it, you're getting it. Then there's the earned tax credit. And even if they do pay taxes, if they have a child in school, the cost is twenty to thirty thousand dollars per year to educate a child in the public school system. Twenty to thirty thousand dollars per year to educate a child. If somebody has two or three kids and they're here illegally, are they earning twenty to thirty thousand a year, let alone paying thirty thousand in taxes? Really? But nobody challenges him. He gets a pass because he's Mike Bloomberg, the guy with a big paycheck. See, these are all the lies that we keep getting told. Now, by the way, when you spend money on English as a second language, it means that kids with learning disabilities don't get early intervention that they desperately need in order to live successful lives. It means that the labs aren't going to be updated. We don't have enough teachers to go around. The classrooms are overcrowded. But that's okay, because Mike Bloomberg needs cheap labor to cut the grass at his golf club. You understand what is happening here. And then undocumented don't use hospitals much. Why? Because most of us use three, use three quarters of our medical expenses in the last three years of our life, and these are young people who come here. Not necessarily. Increasingly, we're finding older people are coming here now, specifically because they know they can get health care in the United States. But Mike Blumberg makes these statements. Nobody asks him, how do you know? Now, one reporter said, how do you know? Do you have a source of intelligence to back up your claims? Because he can't back them up because they're lies. He's a very convincing liar. He's a con artist. He's a con artist. And finally, he says this. Now, you can say, wait a minute, and pay them more. But if you did that, yes, more Americans would take them, meaning the jobs, you see. Americans would take the jobs for more money. He admits it. But then he says this. But the organization could not survive. Golf courses can't survive if they have high-cost grass cutters to answer your question on what do you do it's the elected officials who must act in other words to make certain that we have illegal aliens cutting the grass at his country club where he belongs this is mike bloomberg unbelievable the article will be out in a couple of days please read it if you like it forward it to as many people as you can let people know about my program i challenge anyone to tell me where i'm getting this wrong folks the Congressional Budget Office has made it clear that children who can't speak, read, or write English cost 20 to 40% more to educate them. Who's paying for that? Where does the money come from? It's coming out of the budgets of boards of education around the country that are already cash-strapped. means more hardships for American kids and more teachers trying to buy school supplies with a couple of bucks they're being paid as teachers because their local schools can't even pay for the school supplies. But that's okay for Mike Bloomberg because his wealthy buddies don't send their children to public schools, folks, so they don't care. This is perpetuating poverty, particularly among America's minority communities and America's working poor. That's why homelessness is up. But that's okay for Mike Bloomberg, because he has 19 mansions or whatever the number is by now. Maybe he's picked up a couple more houses. He plays Monopoly, but with real money. Let them eat cake is his philosophy, apparently. Goodness, I get so revved. This so angers me. I'm a lifelong registered Democrat, and people say, Mike, how can you be a Democrat? The Democrats want open borders. I said, well, the Republicans started it. They wanted the cheap labor. They don't want regulations. Money, 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 money. More greed, more profit, more money. The Democrats used to stand for hardworking Americans. Now they're knifing hardworking Americans in the back. Duplicitous conduct. There was, I'm sure you know, Another tragedy, there was a shooting at Pensacola Naval Base. <clears throat> a Saudi student um, in the Saudi Air Force 
uh, apparently took out a gun and shot people. Now, I, I, I want to caution everybody because I, I already see the stuff happening. People have called me up, and everyone's jumping to a conclusion saying this is a terrorist attack. I'm going to say something to you that's going to shock you because you know my position on immigration. We have no idea what this guy's motivation was. And let's not jump to conclusions. He might have been mentally unstable. There was one report that he was enrolled in courses for anger management, that he had some kind of psychological issues. He might have been nuts. Might have been. But that's the one individual. And when we start to immediately say, well, Saudi Arabia, Saudi sent us the terrorist. This guy's a terrorist. Hold your guns. All you're doing is discrediting yourself. Don't jump to conclusions. When I was handed an investigation as an agent, I let the facts guide my investigation. I didn't go out there with a preconceived notion about where we're going to go with it. The facts tell you where the investigation goes. The fact is the GPS. It guides you. It guides you down the road one way or the other. You assemble the facts, and then you figure out where you are. There might be lots of exculpatory information. If that's the case, then, you know, you find that the person didn't commit a crime, perhaps. But that's not a bad day either, you know. It really isn't. I, all that I wanted as an agent and all that the system really wants is justice, which is why when I look at this kangaroo court that's been established to go after the president, uh, my stomach twists because it has all the earmarks of a kangaroo court. You know, they get to play by the, by the rules of the game that they make up as they go along. And the one thing people don't understand is that when, when uh, there's a, a, a political party in power in the House or Senate, Majority versus minority it has nothing to do with race. The majority is the one that controls. The minority is the one that's out of power. They don't have the majority of, of votes. The majority runs the Congress, whoever it is. And it's funny because once they get to be the majority, either party, they change the rules so they have more dominance over the other, as though this is going to be forever. They don't understand that in two years the tables can be turned. Egos and stupidity and, and myopia, they suffer from all the above. I have very little use for these career politicians. They're train wrecks and they're destroying our country. They talk about the Constitution but ignore Article 4, Section 4 that says that the states are to be protected from invasion and domestic violence. How do you protect against invasion when you don't have a secure border and you have no way of knowing who the hell came to your country from other countries? And it's not just Latin America. The only distinction I make is between American citizens and non-citizens, also known as aliens. Remarkable stuff. But having said what I just said about the shooter, please understand that time and time and time and time again, we have admitted aliens into the United States, sent them for flight training, sent them to get master's degrees in engineering. And they turned out around and used the training to be terrorists or drug traffickers. We educate our adversaries. I've been writing about this forever. China has been doing a very good job of it. President Trump is the first one. To, to, to rein in on China's uh, ability to send their people here to learn how to make machines of war, fighter planes and missiles and so forth, um, getting practical training, working for military contractors where they commit acts of espionage so frequently that the intelligence community has come to refer to Chinese espionage as Chinese takeout. So we have this guy kill some people and wound people at, at, um, at the uh, Naval Air Station of Pensacola, the question is, how carefully did we screen him? Uh, interestingly, Andrew McCabe was on CNN earlier today, and I do like to watch the other networks just to see what, how and what they report. And uh, you can imagine my feelings about Mr. McCabe. But he was saying, oh, they're carefully scrutinized. The FBI knows nothing about the immigration process. I had a desk at the FBI for 10 years, and I remember briefing them on the crime of immigration fraud. And the supervisor in the squad kept saying to me at this briefing, but where is the gain? Under the law, if there's no gain, there's no crime. And I, it took me hours. And then the next day, we continued to have a ridiculous argument. What do you mean gain? They said getting here is the gain. By coming here, the person is able to work. They're able to send money home. They're able to educate their kids. The gain is coming to America. If they're criminals, the gain is they're in the position to open up a, a, a branch office, if you will, of their drug trafficking organization. Visa fraud is a crime because it gives the alien access, just like the guy that breaks into the guy's house. Breaking and entering is a crime because it gives that person access to the inside of that apartment or that house. Simple concept. 
this guy couldn't get it in a million years and a number of other agents. Their mentality, the orientation has nothing to do with immigration. That's why there were different federal agencies. I worked with some very good FBI agents, don't get me wrong. Some of them are brilliant. But to have to spend hours trying to explain visa fraud to an FBI supervisor blew my mind. And they bring these guys on to talk about what might well be an immigration matter, and they know less than nothing about immigration. That's the astonishing thing. You know, a guy might be a brilliant brain surgeon, but what does he know about a heart attack? The point of the matter is everyone seems to think when they hear the word FBI, they're all knowing, all seeing. They're not. They're not the mighty Karnak. Immigration agents understand the issue. But increasingly, the institutional memory that I had as an agent has been stripped from ICE by design, starting with George W. Bush. It's both sides of the aisle by creating this hodgepodge agency known as the Department of Homeland Surrender. Did I say Department of Homeland Surrender? I thought I said Homeland Security. Well, it's so hard to get those initials straight when you look at the way they concocted this monstrosity blending immigration with customs and secret service and agriculture, and they stirred the pot and said, there you go, now go enforce the immigration laws. And initially, the people that were running immigration had nothing to do with immigration. This was a willful effort to undermine border security, national security, and the enforcement of our immigration laws, even in the wake of the terror attacks of 9-11. And don't just take my word for it. John Hostetler, who had been the chairman of the House Immigration Subcommittee and a Republican, made that point at a hearing back in 2005, and I testified at that hearing as their lead expert witness. It was so remarkable to see that level of integrity from the Republicans. George W. Bush was the president. These guys were Republicans. Jim Sensenbrenner, John Hostetler, Lamar Smith, Dana Rohrbacher. They called me to testify before their hearings to show what the president was doing was wrong. That's what integrity is, folks. That's what oversight is supposed to be about. Forget about left or right. It's right or wrong, especially when national security and innocent lives hang in the balance. The point of the matter is, you all clear has not sounded. The point of the matter is that we just had a terror attack in London. The point of the matter is Hezbollah is a huge problem. And in point of fact, the Germans, according to the Jerusalem Post, uh, have been doing very little to stop Hezbollah from using Germany as a cash cow to fund terrorism around the world. Hezbollah is a terrorist organization that is funded and controlled largely by Iran. Iran is amassing weapons in Syria, including missiles. They are racing to build a nuclear weapon, and they're trying to build missiles that can carry a nuclear weapon, which means we could be vulnerable here in the United States. Don't think, oh, they're so far away. What do we have to worry about? And certainly, shorter-range missiles threaten Israel, our closest ally in the region, and Europe. Here's the headline that ran on December 1st, 2019, in the Jerusalem Post. They tend to pay a lot of attention to this because they're the ones who are getting hammered. Missiles flying out of Syria directly into Israel. Their lives are on the line. I had the privilege of working with the Israeli National Police for 26 years, and I never met a better bunch of people more willing to help America than, than they. In fact, very often when we arrested criminals wanted in Israel, most some countries don't even want their criminals back. Believe it or not, folks, Israel would immediately give us their entire criminal dossiers and pay for the airline ticket, put them on an El Al flight, and fly them back to Israel it cost us the gas to get them to the airport. Didn't have to send agents overseas, which is an expensive deal. They would take custody, put the guy on the airplane. I had one case I arrested an individual wanted for killing a Palestinian prostitute. Um, he was hiding in the United States. The guy was scary. He was on, on roid rage. Uh, my partner called him a member of the no-neck club. He had like a 26-inch neck. When we went into the house, all that he had there was, was a, you know, weights, you know, weightlifting, a weightlifting bench, and lots of steroid pills. The guy must have weighed 300 pounds. He looked like the, the Incredible Hulk. And we sent him back to Israel. He was found guilty of murder and sentenced to a, a lengthy jail sentence. I worked very closely with the Israelis. This is a day-to-day -day issue of survival for them and their citizens. So the Jerusalem Post wrote this article. Now, this title ought to stop you in your tracks. 
Hezbollah uses Germany to finance terrorism weapons purchases, reports. Some 30 mosques and cultural centers in Germany have links to Hezbollah, according to a 2019 Hamburg Intelligence Agency report. Let's go back to 9-11. Do any of you remember that there was a mosque in Hamburg, Germany, where the 9-11 hijackers met and trained and conspired to come to America and use cruise missiles, or turn airliners, rather, into de facto cruise missiles with passengers on board? The Hamburg mosque. They closed that mosque, but Germany is still very active. Now, here's the problem. The visa waiver program is alive and well. I was disappointed that President Trump just added Poland to the list. We had 26 visa waiver countries on 9-11. We now have 39 visa waiver countries, Poland being the most recent addition. So anybody living in Germany who's a naturalized citizen or born in Germany, perhaps of people who came from the Middle East and are radical Islamists, could enter America without first applying for a visa. The visa waiver program must go. It's not going anywhere because the Congress is bought and paid for. The United States Chamber of Commerce, I call them the Chamber of Horrors, partnered with the hotel, hospitality, and travel industries to create something that they call the Discover America Partnership, having already forgotten that uh, al-Qaeda, ISIS, Hezbollah, and the drug cartels have certainly discovered America. And there's another issue. Under the Visa Waiver Program, which is the goal of the Discover America Partnership, if you go online, you'll see them bragging, we're doing everything we can to eliminate visa requirements so we can get more people to come to America to spend their money. See, they're more concerned with head counts on airplanes and body counts in the morgue. That's also why we don't know who leaves and who comes into the United States. One of the requirements for the Visa Waiver Program is that the aliens from those countries that are part of the program uh, the overstay rate can't be more than, I believe, it's either 2 or 3%, and the visa refusal rate can't be more than 2 or 3%. Well, you can control the visa refusal rate because the State Department just has to tell their consular officials you have to approve the great majority of applications for a visa that land on your desk, even though the 9-11 Commission warned about the visa process being far too lax, which gets me back to what kind of background has been done on this uh, Air Force pilot from, the, from Saudi Arabia, because we've had many others. By the way, KSM, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, if you remember, the mastermind of the, of the uh, hijackings of the airplanes, was actually trained, got, a, master, got a, a degree in mechanical engineering in the United States, as did his nephew, another terrorist who was instrumental in the bombing of the World Trade Center in 93. We're educating the people who want to blow us up. That's the lunacy of all this. But if you say, wait a minute, let's control immigration, the media comes out and labels you anti-immigrant, xenophobe, nativist, hater. I hate dead bodies. I hate American homelessness. I hate American drug addiction. I hate American people dying because of drunk drivers who shouldn't be here and children being killed by gang members from all over the world, not just Latin America. It's not just MS-13. It's Asian organized crime. It's the Jamaican drug posses. It's the Israeli mob, the Italian mob. Every country, every race, every religion, every ethnicity has the good, the bad, and the ugly. Let's be really clear about this. This isn't a Latino thing. The media wants to turn it into that. And because Trump is so inarticulate sometimes, he doesn't send the clearest message. But as an immigration agent, I've arrested people from all over the world, including quite a few from Israel, because I work closely with the Israeli police. And the reason I work closely with them, if you remember from what I've I discussed in the past, I tripped over a terror flight in Israel. It was my first fraud investigation back in 1976. We prevented the bombing of an Israeli oil refinery. So from that day on, as you might imagine, I had a wonderful working relationship with them. So we're training the terrorists. Interestingly, Dianne Feinstein, back in um, 1998, February 24th, there was a hearing two days short of the fifth anniversary of the, nine, of the uh, bombing of the Trade Center, said, you know, maybe we should end the visa waiver program. Maybe we shouldn't be giving visas to aliens that come from countries that sponsor terrorism. Sounds awfully like what Donald Trump said, doesn't it? And then she went on and also said, and we certainly shouldn't be giving training in fields of science that would enable our enemies to build weapons of mass destruction. Whether it's nuclear physics or biochemistry, we need to be careful that we don't educate people to create weapons of mass destruction to attack and kill us or our allies. 1998. 9-11 came and went. And today, all you hear about are open borders, open borders from the likes of Bloomberg, the Democratic Party, 
open borders. We don't need ICE. We don't need immigration enforcement. The Border Patrol is evil. We need sanctuary cities. We need sanctuary cities. And in point of fact, what I wrote about in my article, um, by the way, I, I want to read this before I move on. I'm interrupting myself here. But there was a, a piece here about Khalid Sheikh Mohammed. Um, and he learned about Ramsey Yusuf's intention to launch an attack inside the U.S. in 91 or 92. They talked about uh, the Manila airplane plot of Bojinka, where they were going to take down a bunch of airliners. They, they planted a bomb in a Philippine Airlines jet that killed one of the passengers. He got his training in the United States. That's what is so unbelievable, that he entered the United States legally and was given training. And then we have the case of, of another individual. Uh, I just want to talk about him before I, I move on to, if I can find the darn article. Bear with me one moment, folks. I apologize. Um, I hate when I do this to myself. I had this all organized, and then I messed up. Uh, but we, what we had happened was a couple days ago, one of the terrorists working on behalf of Hezbollah in the United States was sentenced to 40 years in jail, 40 years in jail. This just happened. So think about that. Um, yeah, here we go. Okay, I've got the document in front of me. December 3rd this year, a couple days ago, here's the Department of Justice headline. Hezbollah operative sentenced to 40 years in prison for covert terrorist activities on behalf of Hezbollah's Islamic Jihad organization. Ali Karani was trained by Hezbollah's external terrorist operations component and gathered intelligence in New York City in support of attack planning efforts. It goes on and says this. The Department of Justice today announced that Ali Karani, 35, was sentenced to 40 years in prison based on terrorism, sanctions, and immigration convictions arising from Karani's illicit work as an operative for the Islamic Jihad organization, Hezbollah's external attack planning component. Quote, while living in the United States, Karani served as an operative of Hezbollah in order to help the foreign terrorist organization prepare for future attacks against the United States. With today's sentence, he is being held accountable for his crimes. The evidence of trial showed that Karani searched for suppliers who could provide weapons for such attacks, identified people who could be recruited or targeted for violence, and gathered information about and conducted surveillance of potential targets within our country, so such covert activities conducted in the U.S. soil are a clear threat to our national security, and I applaud the agents, analysts, and prosecutors who are responsible for the investigation and prosecution. This, he was just convicted, just found guilty, just sentenced to 40 years in jail. You have the attack in London. You have all this going on, and you have Mayor Bloomberg just a couple of days ago saying, open borders, open borders, open borders, open borders, open borders. The hell with protecting America or Americans. The so-called journalists never ask those questions, though. And then my latest article. And here we go again. Montgomery County, Prince George County, released aliens who had been charged with very serious crimes. And among the crimes, we have – I'll give you a couple of these individuals who were released. In Montgomery County – we have Manuel Corbayos Morales, currently charged with sex abuse of a minor, three counts of sex offenses in the third degree. Um, they won't let immigration know when this guy's going to be released. He, his thing is to go after little children and sexually abuse them. Juan Rivas Montano, currently charged, two counts, sex abuse of a minor, two counts of child abuse, molestation and exploitation, two counts of child abuse in the second degree, two counts of sex offense in the third degree, and two counts of assault, sexual assault in the third degree. This is all against children. Detainer issued. They're not telling them if they're going to release them or when. Okay? We have another one. Um, Jakob Kidlot. I'm not sure where he's from. Sex abuse of a minor. Five counts rape in the second degree. Nine counts and sex offense in the third degree. Again, we're not going to tell you. We might be letting him out. You know, lock up your kids, folks because we're going to allow these perverts on the street. Oh, and by the way, they like to rape and beat little, little kids. But we have to protect them from immigration. The hell with what happens to your children. Okay? How do we elect people that do this? 
this didn't, you know, God didn't come down off Mount Olympus and say this is the way it is. These are elected officials and sheriffs who are elected or work at the uh, pleasure of the elected officials above them. Now we get to Prince George County. We just had a case a couple of months ago that I wrote about where two members of MS-13 were being held in Prince George County. They were members of MS-13. They were charged with attempted murder, conspiracy to, to, to commit murder in the first degree, robbery, and other crimes. And ICE Lodge detainers, they released these two thugs. Now, within a day or two, they found a young girl, 14 years old, that they believe had ratted them out to the cops. And they took machetes and baseball bats to her and killed her. And now they're at it again. So what did they do most recently? Alpha Ibrahim Mansari, currently charged with attempted first-degree murder, attempted second-degree murder, assault, first-degree assault, second-degree criminal possession of a controlled substance, on and on, and then reckless driving, operating vehicle without with unlicensed window tinting, unauthorized window tinting, all right, attempted murder. Here we go again. And what did they do? ICE issued a detainer, and they're not being told when this guy's going to be released, if he's going to be released. So that little girl who died died for no reason except the quote-unquote immigrant, a.k.a. illegal alien thug, needed to be protected from evil ICE. How in the world is this in anybody's best interest? I want someone to explain this. How do you have compassion for sociopaths who rape, molest, and attempt to kill little children? How do you protect them from law enforcement and say that what you're doing is moral and ICE, they're the bad guys? They want to take someone off the street before another child falls victim, and ICE is being vilified by the radical left. These aren't left-right issues, folks. These are crystal clear issues. We put people in jail for a couple of reasons. Number one, to punish people who violate the law. Number two, to deter them in the future. You know, when you get out of jail, you want to go back. It's also supposed to send a message to anyone else contemplating violating the law. You violate the law, there are consequences. But sanctuary cities want to make it clear that we are so eager to get people to come to America, no matter how they want to come here, legally, illegally, doesn't matter, that even if you have a thing about little kitties, we're not going to do anything to keep you off the street. Because that's really the biggest reason to take criminals off the street, to protect innocent people. If they're in jail, they can't rape that little girl on her way to school. But if you put them back out on the street again, well, God help everybody. That's how insane this has gotten. And let's remember that when you look at terrorist sleeper agents, they purposely go out of their way to never commit a crime, to never be caught up in anything that would call attention to them so they could do the dirty work that they came to do. Somebody once said that an effective spy is somebody who wouldn't attract the attention of a waiter or waitress at a greasy spoon diner. Point of fact, you say the same thing about a terrorist, and indeed, it might be that waiter, waitress, or dishwasher working in the kitchen who is that spy or terrorist. I arrested an individual years ago who was involved with terrorism, uh, and in fact, he was working as a dishwasher in a restaurant in Staten Island. It's so important, folks, that we, we stick together as Americans, that we come to an understanding about what it is that immigration law enforcement is really supposed to do. And we need to hold the politicians accountable who obstruct the vital work of our immigration law enforcement officers. Um, this is the work Americans must do. I thank you so much for joining me on my program. Please check out what I've been doing lately with Team DML over at dmlnews.com. Again, I hope this program is helpful. Please forward the information that I've provided to you to your friends and neighbors. Don't turn it into an argument about Donald Trump or any of those personalities. Just stick to the issues. The issues speak for themselves. John Adams was right when he said facts are stubborn things. Um, again, I thank you for your efforts. I thank you for being here. Please remember that democracy is not a spectator sport. Get involved. The future of our country and the future of our children hang in the balance. See you next week. Have a great weekend.